Hey folks, Mark Reed here, one of the pastors at Open House Community Church. Thanks so much for joining us on the Open House Podcast. We're a church inviting people to belong and believe in the person of Jesus, be transformed to become more like him, and be a part of building the kingdom of God here in the city of Bristol. If you're dropping in for the first time, do get in touch through our website, openhousecc.co.uk, or drop us a follow on our Instagram at openhouse.cc. Hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. And there's a lot coming, and that's what's exciting. Oh, so, Mark, when you said, you know, he was and is and is to come, it's like, yeah. And I feel like in this last six months, God has just been talking to me more about the is to come. He's coming back. He really is. I feel like we don't, I don't think about that enough personally. I don't know about you, but he's coming back. He really is. That's quite a profound thought. He's going to be in the clouds and everyone's going to see him on a horse with a tattoo down his side and a sword. That's crazy. That's what's going to happen. I believe it. Do you believe it? That's a crazy thing to believe, isn't it? A normal person wouldn't say that. That's quite an incredible thing to say. But I believe it. I really believe there's something beyond this earth and um, that we can't see. And we set our minds on things above, not on earthly things, don't we? And it's exciting. Right, there's loads to go through. So, sorry, and we'll try not to go on too much. But it's going to be great. Um, I've got my kids here, actually, which is, like, intense. So it was quite an intense start. Um, April's granddad's not been very well in Italy, so her mum and dad have, like, been stuck there for three months trying to help him out. And so we... No, three weeks, sorry. I I said three months, sorry. Three weeks, and... um, so yeah, just to explain that. So if they come in and interrupt me, I'm really sorry. And I might just have to have a little interjection. So first thing I thought we actually might do tonight is I thought it might be really appropriate to recognize the Queen's passing. I think that would be a really beautiful thing to do. And um, I think what an example of being consistent and being consistent in the fruit of the Spirit and that being so powerful. And actually, the queen's job, it was, it was a workplace for her. She, she took responsibility. And actually, I know this sounds a bit nuts, but you and your workplaces, your families, et cetera, et cetera, it's not necessarily always the profound things, but it's the consistency over the long run that makes the big difference. So I think the queen's a great example of that to encourage us. And... Um, so I thought it would be really good, actually, to do uh, a 30-second round of applause. We're just applauding the Queen. Um, and then I didn't know if a couple of people would volunteer just to pray out loud. Um, I don't know what you want to pray, <laughs> but I just think that would be great. Um, would anyone fancy volunteering for that? It only has to be a short 20-second prayer of whatever you, you can think. But anyone think, yeah, I want to be one of those two people who just prays for... So we've got Grace, Ian, and Rafa at the back. Let's do all three of you, because you all went for it. Um, we'll do Grace first, Ian second, Rafa third, when, after we've done our round of applause, if that's all right, guys. Um, yeah. So actually, let's pray first. We'll do round of applause second, and then I'm going to go in. Okay, so if you guys would take it away, and we'll just join in with you.
if you want to stand with me for 30 seconds and let's give them a round of applause. Amen. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. It's lovely to do. Bit of vision around kings and queens, because some people might not like the idea of monarchy, kings and queens, and stuff like that. But here, in their imperfections, I understand. But like a marriage, you know, like literally a marriage on earth, what's it supposed to do? It's supposed to give you a visual representation of something. It's like a prophetic sign that God sets up. When someone gets married, it's that sign of when Jesus is going to come back. And he's going to marry his church, which is us. Does that make sense? And a king and queen on earth, they're not the king or the queen, really, are they? Because Jesus is the king, isn't he? But it's, they're supposed to, in some way, show us a foreshadow, a really average example of what it might just be like if Jesus was here. And sure, they're not going to get it as good as Jesus will when he comes back. But it's something of a foreshadow. And even if we have experiences of those things in countries where it's negative, it's a foreshadow of it won't be like that. You know? And so we can take positives in that no matter which way it comes at us. So I just thought I'd say that and I understand that that's an interesting thing for some people. So anyway, moving on. So yeah, tonight I'm going to be sharing a little bit about kind of our vision values and uh, kind of maybe a bit of the philosophy of what we think about here at Open House. Then we've got Simon's going to come up and share a bit about um, why we do some of the things that we do do in light of that. Um, then I'm going to share a little bit on morning church, Mark on evening church, and then Abby's going to share a little bit about um, what we actually need to make this happen and how, um, how that all works. Um, and so there'll be like little snippet bits. Just to, What we want to do is just give you guys an understanding of a broad picture as much as we can, and that's really hard to do because there's so much to say, but it's important to do and we want to come together kind of as a church family and do that. If we need to do another week where we feel like actually there were some gaps there, we'll do it. But I think we're going to have a good old crack of it tonight. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much a year since we had our first service last year. It was kind of the first Sunday of September in 2021 that Open House had its first service. We actually had our first ever event at B&A Church. They were really nice and let us use their church hall. And we were able to do a little vision even. Some of you came to that and we met some of you there. And that was, oh, Lizzie, you were there. Yeah, yeah. And we shared a little bit about what we're about there. Well done, mate. <laughs> yeah, we shared a little bit about who we are there and what we wanted to do. And actually, that for me was like Genesis chapter one. It said the spirit of God was hovering over the earth. It was formless and void. It was just an idea. And that's what we were. And today, it's really exciting for me because I stand before you and then there was firmament. There was something there. And now we're starting from a new place now and we go again and now we can hit some ground and run um, as a community and together and that's a really exciting movement you can see that development in Genesis chapter 1 how that's how we're we're growing and building and there's going to be an increase of life therefore and in those that are already there and the new things that are planted and grown so I'm really excited um, by that so a year ago ish um, yeah actually we me and April uh, actually came to the conclusion that we were going to move on from, from Woody's, actually. And we had an amazing, I don't know, maybe seven, eight, nine years, uh, seven or eight years there, something like that. And it had been an amazing time, but it felt like, hey, it was the time to move on. And um, we kind of prayed about it, had lots of discussions. And it's difficult moving on from somewhere you've been for so long, as many of you guys might know in your own stories. Um, but actually, we felt like it was the right thing to do. So we started exploring what would we do next. Um, and in our exploring, uh, this is just mine and April's side of the story, um, we ended up with three options, interestingly, and they were quite random options. Uh, one option was to work for one of the, the bigger churches in Birmingham, which was really interesting and cool, and we nearly did that, and they were amazing people. Uh, the second one was a kind of under-the-table 
offer to go and work in a church in Malibu in LA, which is absolutely ridiculous, but that was an option. And we were like, what is that? And I was like, yeah, Justin Bieber. <laughs> Let's go. Um, <laughs> but that was exciting. That was really interesting. Um, and then the third was actually through some friends of ours who'd come around and connected the them with us, uh, friends of ours who used to live at Portsmouth with us, but now live in Bristol, uh, connected us with the Baptist Church and some of the people there. And after talking and praying with them, they said, hey, if you wanted to go for it and plant a church in Bristol, we'll, we'll back you. We're, we're behind you. We, we think something could happen here. And so we took a week to pray about those three things. And we just felt this sense of, yeah, we think we should plant. We think that something should happen. And one of the reasons we wanted to plant was we felt like we wanted to start fresh. And with all that was going on in the world, with everything that was going on, it just felt like fresh was what was needed. And it's not that those things that exist weren't needed. You need both going on. And so there needed to be some people that started something fresh. And we just felt like we were called to be part of that. And we talked to Mark, Abby, Simon... And um, over kind of a, a week period, it was quite quick, actually. Um, and they were surprisingly more up for it than I honestly thought they would be. I was actually genuinely, genuinely shocked. And I was amazed by their kind of like, let's do this. And even that, there was a process of us kind of getting going. But we got there in the end, and we started Open House Church. Final thing I say, uh, two little things just to set a scene and, a, and an understanding is... Um, Oh, I just forgot the first, no, um, is that as a church, we are, we're blessed actually because the Baptist church in essence is, is our oversight, but I really do feel blessed that they've allowed us to behave like an independent church in, in essence without lacking that sense of covering and that sense of, um, what's the right word, accountability, sorry. Um, so that's been a real blessing. I do really commend them to that. And the reason we're called Open House is actually just because I came home one day and April was like, what do you think of the name Open House? And she really liked it. And I was just like, yeah, it sounds awesome. <laughs> and then we put it to the guys and they were like, yeah, it sounds great. And that's why we chose it. So I don't know. But I have actually felt that it makes sense for us in the long run. And that was an accident. I just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> so just thought I'd clear a couple of things up of how we got to where we were. Um, if you ever want to ask any questions about that, please feel free to do that. And really interesting, I talked to Rob earlier on the phone, Rob Scott Cook, and um, he messaged yesterday saying, oh, I'm going to pop along to, you know, he, he's wanted to pop along a few times just to see what was going on. And I rang him up and he was like, oh, I didn't know it was your vision night. And I just, we just thought it was a really timely thing of like, oh, that's cool. You know, what great timing that was. And, and it's great to have Rob, Rob always um, praying for us. And that's really a beautiful thing to have, isn't it? Um, we don't have Nigel and Lindsay with us tonight as well, who are also from the Baptists, um, who, who give us that oversight. But they will intermittently be here, and generally we will have them speaking every year at least once or twice, just to keep that connection and that, that thing. But behind the scenes, um, all I can say is they've done a lot, especially in the last three to six months, to support us. And some of that's kind of coming into place as we speak and that's a really lovely thing so I just want to say that to you okay cool so off the back of that I wanted to say thank you to Abby Mark Simon and April actually because it's been hard it's been so hard it's difficult doing all that you would probably do anyway and a church it's just quite a thing and it's quite a journey to go through. It's emotional, it's practical, it's spiritual, it's everything going on, you know, and it's your life. And wow, we've been through some ups and downs, but it's a privilege to do it. And we always say that that's the word that always comes up. It really is a privilege because we see some amazing things going on and that's what makes you remember it's worth it. It's worth not taking the easy route. And... Yeah, and then that leads me on to the second thing. And people will often say to me, oh, so how's the church going? And what do you say? And I say two things I'm thankful for every single time. I say, number one, the presence of God. 
I think from word go here, I've just sensed the presence of God with us. I really have sensed it. And not in like a hypothetical sense. I've sensed him. I remember when we very first started, the word that would often get used is a sense of refreshing, a freshness. And it was so beautiful. And I needed it in my life. And I think other people needed it in theirs probably. And without the presence of God, it's just like, what's the point? What is the point, you know? And so that's been beautiful. And then the second thing I say to people, I really love the community that has ended up here. I really do. There are so many different and brilliant characters and people in this room and not here tonight. And I am so thankful that you're here. So many of you, I didn't really know that well until this. And I'm so privileged and blessed by what you guys bring. And I honestly say that every time someone asks me about open house. Behind your backs. Um, (laughs) And it really is true. There's so many gifts here. There's people with unbelievable stories. People with amazing character, potential. Oh, there's people that I learn off all the time. There's people that don't know how much they impact me in this church. Um, I want to embarrass someone, actually. Someone who impacts me so much in this church is Janine. She, I, honestly, she impacts me so much. I, I'm a bit of a, can be a bit loud and a bit, oh, and a bit, like, just be a bit almost accidentally mean to people sometimes. You know, I don't, who else is a bit like that? I know there's a few of us out there. You know, yes, get your hands up. I get you. And you just think, oh, you go home, you lay in bed, and you think, I did it again. It's like, it's like having one of those non-Christian drunken nights out, but every day... Has anyone ever done this? I do wonder, has anyone ever done this? Have you ever had a night where you've like had an amazing time with the Holy Spirit? And in that night, you've texted loads of people, loads of soppy messages or like weird messages. And then the next morning, you're like, oh no, what did I say? I look really weird. Has anyone else done that? I have done that like three or four times in my life. And I thought, oh, it's so awkward. <laughs> it's so awkward. No, so thank you, Janine. And it's, it's what I want to say is, I've never said that to you before, but you don't know the impact you're having on the people around you. Some people say to me, what can I do? And I honestly, honestly, the number one thing you can do is be somewhere consistently and be you and bring it and be real. It, it honestly is. If you're not doing that and you come and do a rotor, I am not interested at all. And that was why when COVID happened, a load of people's worlds and faith fell apart, didn't it? Because... Suddenly, they're like, oh, everything that was the scaffolding around my life wasn't real. You, you know what I'm saying in, my, in your faith? And I just appreciate you guys so much, and I'm so thankful for that. I really am from the bottom of my heart. So I just wanted to say that. Right, i got to actually say some structure stuff now, some like, you know. So actually, as a church, we have a bit of a um, philosophy um, well, not philosophy, a bit of a saying where we, we actually have belong, believe, um, become, and build. Belong, believe, become, and build. And it's on our website. And why do we have that? It is a genuine process, and it's genuinely something that shares our heart, that we want people to come and be able to explore God, no matter where they are on that journey and belonging. And we do want them to believe. We're not wishy-washy about it. We're not having people sit there and being like, oh, it's okay if you believe in this or that. No, Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. We want you to become all who you're supposed to be. I do not believe you can without Jesus. You can't be all who you were completely meant to be without him. You could be brilliant, but it's not who you were called to be. And from that place, you can build things. I believe that. And I think that that is a really palatable thing to put on our website. And it helps people maybe that don't know the lingo of Christianity. And, and do, do you know what I mean? It's a nice, simple entry point. So we have that there. But actually, sometimes a community creates vision a little bit as a group. And I just wanted to collect that. And some of that has come from us as leaders, but actually... As a community, I can see it in us. Um, And I've just got five things here which I think are key values to us that I think hold together everything we do. And then I'll share a little bit of what I would call a philosophy of thought that would underpin everything that we do. And then we're going to have a look at those things. So the five things are, number one, and I said it earlier, the presence of God. We need it. We want it. We desire it. 
it's so important to us. It's our destination, it's our history, it's our now. It is so important to us. People don't know what it is to live in a world without the presence of God, Christian or not. They don't understand. They have no idea. I told some of you guys once before that um, my greatest testimony as a Christian was when I was working in a building warehouse and God zapped me with a revelation of what it would like to be in heaven for about 15 to 20 seconds. And I was stood there silent in a room alone, having the most intense and amazing moment of my life I have ever had. And it was like a small whisper of what it was like to be in heaven. And it was so good that I was so sad that I knew that moment was going to come to an end and I would feel what it's like to be back on earth. That I nearly cried in sadness because it was that good. It was that good. When someone says to you, oh, I don't go to heaven, it sounds boring. That is foolishness. Utter foolishness. God is so fantastic. But I understand. We don't always understand those things. And I understand why people do it. But the presence of God... And the two places I just referenced in scripture that are Moses. He says, God, lead us. Send your presence before us. But if it doesn't come, don't send us, Lord. Don't do it. And then the final thing I'd say is in John 15, 16. You have Jesus saying, abide in me. You can do nothing apart from me. You can do nothing apart from me. In John 16, Jesus talks about sending the Holy Spirit on earth. And he says, it's better for me to go away than for me to stay. And that was because Jesus on earth, before he went to the cross, it meant that we couldn't each have the Spirit living on us the way he desired us to be the temple of God. And we carry that presence everywhere we go. So the presence of God is right here. The second thing is discipleship. And discipleship, I'm not going to label too much on that because it's so big. It's everything. It's our mission it's our meaning, it's our uh, wholeness, it's our community. It's so many things wrapped up in our discipleship of what we believe about God, what we know about God, how we do mission, what we do, everything in discipleship. And as a church, we really want to be about discipleship. It's so important to us. We want to be a church that's willing to lose numbers because that's key. We want you to be growing and we want you to be stretched. Where would we reference that? Matthew 28. And Mark 16, right at the end of those two gospels, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. There you go. Never be confused. Oh, I'm really praying for God. I just don't know what he wants from me right now. I just don't know what my purpose is. Make disciples. Fall in love with him. You're not confused. Figure out how to do that in your own way. But you're not confused. As a Christian, you never need to be confused. You do not. Discipleship. The next is word and spirit. Word and spirit. We believe in the both of those things. They're so essential. When people have too much of the word and no softening of the spirit, they're a sounding gong and a clanging cymbal. When someone has too much of the spirit and they don't understand what it says in the word, they don't know how to love like Jesus would love. Jesus was both merciful, but he was also truthful. He did it both. And we believe that word and spirit enables us to love the fullness of what it is to love in the name of Jesus. So we believe in word and spirit. We believe in diverse theology. Why do I say that? Often the theologies of churches, denominations, even the theologies of countries can be dictated by the spirit of the age and the culture at hand which is created through many aspects that culture gets created. One of them being the weather. Isn't it amazing? The weather is one of the factors of what creates culture and what places like and how people think. Simple as that. And we don't want to be dictated by that. And what can happen is through the culture you come from, and that can be in the class you were brought up in or in the family you're in or in the country you live or whatever it is, Actually, you can get pigeonholed into certain verses of the Bible and certain ways of looking at the Bible that actually narrow your view of all of who God is, all of who people are made to be, and all of the things he wants to see in your life. And I could go on and explain that. I'll give some simple examples of that. If you take a middle-class British person, they have a virtue, don't they, of discretion and self-control. That's one of the things that is a key aspect of that. You think, wow, that's amazing. But sometimes that, in a self-preservation sense, becomes God. 
And now they're not willing to have someone not like them. So now they don't share their faith because they say it's the right thing to do to be polite. But Jesus says, woe to you if everyone likes you. I brought this gospel and it will bring division. And that's okay. If you're just being pure, mean and horrible, but actually it's okay. And it's actually a good sign, Jesus says, if you're not loved by everyone in your community. Because it shows that you've told your community what you stand for. And that will honestly not always make you popular. So you see that as an example of culture affecting our thing. And there are virtues in every culture, but they can overlean. And other cultures will bring that out. And I believe that diverse theology and looking at different denominations and different cultures will enable us to have a rounded view of who good is and, and what we're supposed to do. And the final thing, which very much links with that, is community. We need each other. We really do. We need each other so much. Every one of us has something of who God is in us. We have all of him in us, but we display parts of it more than other people maybe. And actually by having each other, we inspire each other and show each other who he is. And community is so important for that. Talk about wholeness. Often wholeness is so simple. I was talking to Nick the other day, who is arguably a professional listener. Uh, <laughs> and um, we were talking about how actually in a wholeness sense and in a remembering the poor, remembering people that need help, actually it's often just in the most mundane conversations that those things get brought to light and we can help each other. You know, and you just sat down having a coffee and you have a 50-minute coffee and you both got a rush off and then 10 minutes before the end, a little thing comes in and they slip something in that's going in the, on in their life and you think, hold on a second, that's an important thing. I need to alert the community. We need to help this person in that area of their life. You know, maybe they have a need. Maybe they, something's happened in their life and they need some support. So community is going to enable us to do that. So the presence of God, discipleship, both word and spirit, a diverse theology and culture and community. We believe those five things. And I see that in you guys. I really do. I see a hunger for those things and a thirst for those things. And finally, and then I'll pass over. I've, I've, I'm trying to convey this the best I can. I've been laboring over it a bit. But I want what we do here to be affecting your 90%, not your 10% of your life. So in the things we've been trying to do as a church, and we'll go through them in a bit, we're trying to make decisions that would change the way you live, change the way you think. If I want you to be a good faith sharer, I don't just want to teach you how to run an alpha course, because that's 10%. You depend on at this time, with that meal, in that place, and it feels real nice, and it's really good for that type of person. You depend on that. But if actually you learn to share your faith in your own way, 90% of your life's active now. 90%. Because we probably only do 10% church-ish, if you were to put it down in numbers. That's my desire for you guys. That's our desire. I think that's your desire. And um, Nick actually sent through a, a, a little... I keep referencing you, Nick. God, it's because I talked to him last. And then... <laughs> He actually sent through a little prophetic word about us being on a ship. And when you're on a ship, you have that amazing saying, don't you? All hands on deck. And that's what we want. We want everyone with a part to play. Um, and you guys all do. We want you to be independent disciples, disciples that can stand on your own feet, that you've got the rhythms of God in your own life, independent of us. But at the same time, the dependency is with each other, we're going to inspire each other into that in a fuller, fuller way. So they're both so important, and we don't want to neglect either of those two things. What did I write? I wrote something to try and remember it. So there, presence of God, discipleship, word and spirit, diverse theology, and community. They're values that we believe we can hold that will go into all of the forms of church that we'll do, or all of the forms of work we'll do, or family life we'll do. But then we have a philosophy for all people. This isn't about us just setting it up for someone who's good at speaking. This is about setting it up for you in your workplace or wherever you are. Yes, Jesse and Hannah Ballard, there you are. And I've just finished. Right, I hope I've conveyed that roughly clearly. And um, that's what we want for you. That's the choices we're making. And I believe Simon Bamfield is going to come up. Huh? 
Change the plan. Mark Reed. Is that all right? Hey, everyone. How is everyone doing? Yeah? Do you know what? I, um, I'm feeling particularly Baptocostal today. Or maybe I'm just showing my Irishness. The boys run away. Stevie, don't run away. Is everyone, how's everyone doing? What does everyone think of what's just been said? Because what Steve is conveying to us is almost like if you cut us open, this is the stuff that will emerge itself. Again, that thing about being centered around the person of Jesus, the manifest presence of Christ. That's why we gather together. And I'm just conscious of time, to be quite honest, because we need to let you go at some stage. And I'm thinking, I could certainly go 15, 20 minutes. Sai could be an hour. Abigail, probably a bit shorter than that. But also, um, we actually want to show you something really, really special. Something really, really lovely. So I'm hijacking the evening. And allowing Steve, Steve, I feel like you need to keep going. Because what you're saying is really good. And you said you have some more stuff to share. So I want to give you that opportunity to do that in a couple of seconds. But just checking in on the crew. Is everyone, is everyone kind of getting what we're saying? Is that okay? I need some nods. I need some yes marks. Some amen, hallelujahs. And if you don't, email Steve. But... um. Hey, Avi's going to show us a video, hopefully if it works. You know what the old tech is like in open house. It could be ropey as. This is my old, I, not an iMac, what's it called? MacBook Pro. Got it in 2012 for my, um, my degree. And it's still going relatively strong, but I have given it to open house. Um, hey, so yeah, let, let me just explain what's going on. And then Steve's going to come back and finish what he's saying. And it'd be great, then it would be great to respond together in some prayer. Okay, so um, this week we, yeah, you say it. Hello. Um, yes, so this week I just uh, messaged a few people to ask if they would be willing to do a short video to say a bit about Open House, maybe uh, a positive thing about it, something they've got from it. So thank you to those of you who replied and sent videos. And I know for some of you it's quite outside your comfort zone, so thank you. Um, this is your five minutes of fame, so enjoy it. Um, but what was really lovely for me was every time a video came through, it's like something different about open house. Like some are talking about the morning, some about the evening, some about Wednesdays. And that wasn't, I, I sent everyone the same information. So I just thought that was lush. Um, just a little bit about open house. And it was just lovely to kind of reflect after a year um, and see what you guys think. So hopefully it will work. Um, it's about five minutes. I think it's all right. I think we can see it. Can we see it well enough? I don't know. Mark might be turning us into, plunging us into darkness, so let's see. Hello. So, why Open House? Open House is really fantastic uh, because I think they do uh, community really, really well. We have lots of social events throughout the week. For Wednesday evening, it's great to uh, just go out with friends and have time together. We have the Wednesday evening Bible group where we dig deeper into the Bible and discuss deep questions. I love Sunday evenings because I always feel really challenged and come away just, yeah, wanting to change my life uh, for the better. Sunday mornings are fabulous when we have all the kids over at the manse. It's just got such a lovely family feel. Um, I'm very new to Bristol, so didn't have many friends. So it's been awesome just to come and yeah, connect with people who are so accepting and loving. And it's also been great that I've been able to, to give back um, with being creative, doing the creative content, and also helping out with the worship. That's been so good too. Uh, so all in all, yet yeah, love open house. Me and my family have been um, coming to open house since its uh, very beginning. We've loved to have found this community, you know, fairly small at the moment, but of um, youngish people and so full of faith. And God has been speaking through different people quite clearly, I think. He has promised to do things beyond anything we can expect through this church so um, we keep coming back with this expectation to see what he's going to do. I guess what captivated me initially was the just the idea of the open house um, and yeah and having the hospitality nights where we meet people a bit more deeply I guess um, yeah and we've received some some good teaching so far and 
had some good debates. I really value the Fellowship of Open House. It has helped me grow in my relationship with God, as through him all things are possible. Hi, I'm Vivarchi, and what I love about being a part of Open House is like our really casual fortnightly morning sessions. It's just lots of good fun with families and just good conversations and I just love the way that we worship and the humility of all of our leaders. I'm, I've been part of Open House since last September, basically from the beginning because I'm original and it's been amazing. I think the biggest thing for me growing up in a Christian environment is that you think the church and Christianity looks one particular way and I think being part of Open House has really shown me that it doesn't have to be that way it can kind of be whatever you want it to be and to really explore it for myself and the individualism in that as well as being in a community and it not having to be structured this is how you meet Jesus and this is how it works it's kind of so much more fluid and open house has really taught me the importance of that so my open house family super grateful for you all the leaders are top notch the family and the community that's growing in that place is something I've never had the pleasure of experiencing before. Love the worship and I don't think life would be as good without Open House in it right now. Super grateful for you all. We'll leave it at that. Love you. Take care. Open House has really helped me get back in the swing of those spiritual practices that I'd kind of got out of the habit with, like reading my Bible each day, praying each day, listening to God a little bit more, so it's really helping me, yeah, in that way. So I've been part of Open House for about six months now, and I've just been loving it. I really knew from the minute I walked through the door that that was where God wanted me to be. It's just been so great to be part of such an encouraging group of people and be around people who are really faithful to God and really trying to seek Jesus in their everyday lives. One highlight has been the Wednesday evening hub group, which has been really great to be able to delve a bit deeper into God's word and just get to know people more and go out onto the streets with Steve, chatting with people about Jesus. That was really cool. Hi, Open House family. I'm so very grateful to be part of our community. Before I came to Open House, I very much felt like I was on the scrap heap of life and I was a bit too old to join in and to play anymore in terms of church stuff. And you have not made me feel like that at all and I felt really welcomed and included and valued and that has just been life-changing for me. Also to be part of a faith community that I know prays and believes in prayer has been incredible especially over the last couple of months where both my parents have been in and out of hospital the whole time. To know that not only am I praying and my family's praying, but behind the scenes, you guys have been praying and upholding me in prayer. And it's felt like that. It's felt like I've been carried um, through some very difficult times because you've been praying for me. So I really want to say thank you to you. And finally, to just come and worship with you guys has just been so incredible. Um, to leave on a Sunday evening just feeling encouraged and strengthened and that collective sense that we're all there for the same reason, um, to worship Jesus and to seek him together has just been, yeah, just a lovely thing to be part of. So thank you so much for everything. And I just look forward to seeing what God's got for us in the next year. I mean, I don't know about you, but it made me quite emotional. Um, and I've watched that a lot of times when I was editing it last night at whatever time. But um, thank you so much. And hopefully that's encouraging for you guys um, just to hear, yeah, a bit about Open House. But I think it's just also encouraging because when you turn up on a Sunday or whatever, sometimes you kind of forget that there's um, other people thinking the same stuff of you, as you or like maybe things you heard there that you haven't tried out um, that we run and you'd be interested to try. Um, but with all of this and all the great stuff we do, we obviously do need ways to make it happen. Um, so basically, we're reliant on, on you guys. Um, there's three things that we need as a community, as a church to run well, to exist, to thrive. And the three things are um, time, 
money, and prayer. I mean, you could probably guess those three. Um, but yeah, practically we need you guys. And that's not even the right language in itself because we are together the church. We, the five of us are not the church. All of us are the church. Um, so really, we need the church to be the church. So if you can serve in the ways and give in the ways that you can, um, that's just amazing. And a lot of you have been doing that already. And some of you might have been feeling like you want to get involved. Or some of you, we also recognize that some people, like, your life is just mad. <laughs> There's very little time. And that's okay if you're in that place where you just need to come and receive. Um, yeah, there might be things you feel confident in that you can help in. Others you're not sure about. Um, but you're willing to give a try. Or maybe there's things that other people have told you you're good at and you don't quite see it yet, but you want to kind of feel it out and we're happy to do that with you. And hopefully you've seen from our example that it's a fairly safe space to do that. I mean, yeah, before coming here, didn't really speak in front of anyone. So, and here we are. <laughs> so, you know, you guys are very patient, which is lovely. <laughs> Um, your commitment levels, you know, if you think I can do something every couple of months or I'd love to do something every fortnight, whatever you've got, we would love. Um, so we're going to send out uh, another one of those forms that everyone loves um, and just to say what you might be interested in getting involved in. Um, so it will have kind of different teams you can be involved in, but it'll also give you an opportunity to say what kind of skills or qualities or whatever you think you might have. And it might help us marry you up with something or maybe something that you don't know exists as a, as a role at the moment. Um, yeah, and also how much you can commit. So, yeah, if you've got a bit of time or you've been feeling a bit challenged, um, or you can turn up early on a Sunday or do something midweek, you know, that would be awesome. The next one is the one people feel awkward about, which is money. Um, we, I'm not going to go into a preach or anything right now because, you know, there's a whole theology of tithing and everything but as with most churches and charities we run off donations and tithing um, we've been proactive about getting some grants in but you know they're limited and you don't always get them um, so yeah without your giving we reach a ceiling of how much we can do um, we're pretty much all volunteers and we're running alongside our jobs and families and various other ventures which I mean whenever anyone asks me what Mark's doing is about a list of 20 things you know writing an album and <laughs> doing a manual anyway yeah um shameless plug Mark just said <laughs> it's not coming out for two years so you're all right uh, <laughs> anyway um so with regular income it means we can look to release people whether it's us or other people um into areas of the church and increase those ministries and it's not all about making the church run. But if the church has run well, that frees us up to be able to do the other ministries where we're more outward looking. Um, and yeah, it's not that one bec comes before the other, but it's just the consideration of where finances would be split. And we know a lot of you are already giving, so thank you so much for that. And again, we know some people aren't able to give at the moment, and we completely understand that. So there's no guilt or shame or anything coming from us. Um, it's just kind of putting you in the picture. Um, especially with the cost of living going up so much. Um, I guess one of the things is when you, when you learn to hold money lightly, it can help to reduce the hold that money can potentially have over us. Um, again, I'm not going into too much detail, but it just makes me think about uh, where Paul writes about, uh, about the love of money being the root of all evil. And that's a big thing, so we're not going into that. But um, it's kind of like once you learn to like give that money away generously whether to us or somewhere else um it really helps your internal processes as well yeah. so whether it's like three pounds as a one-off thing or whether it's a bigger amount we're just grateful for anything you can give um and we want to just be generous with our money as well so that's the money bit um the last thing and it genuinely is the most important is prayers um We've said before, we would not be here without people praying for us, people in this church, outside this church, um, for us individually, us as a church, us as a community. Yeah, we've just found Friday morning prayer in itself has been a, like just such a solid foundation for the church. Um, but just keeping us in your prayers 
It's just so, so key. So if you can even set a day where you're just praying for open house, maybe like a Monday morning on your way to work or whatever, and you're just thinking, yeah, I'm going to pray for them, then that would be absolutely incredible. Um, we've been shaped and changed by prophetic words given to us. And like even tonight, you know, Steve's mentioning things from Nick. And, you know, there's just, yeah, we wouldn't be who we are and we wouldn't be here without prayer. So, um, yeah, we literally couldn't exist without you guys. So that's it from me, really. But that's so time, money and prayers. We'll send out an email about the volunteering or getting involved a bit more, I guess. Um, but, yeah, just thank you, everyone, for being genuinely such a lovely community and like what Steve was saying if people ask us what is the good things about open house it's always the people always the people and again who would we be without the church (laughs) without each other so yeah over to Mark amen a little round of applause please come on cheers abs I'm just going to sum us up and as you can clearly see we've learned very quickly that we have much more to say than we first anticipated. So we might need to do this over the next one week, over the next two weeks. And like Abby says, we are a praying church. And one of the reasons for that is because is is Rob's here. But also it is so crucial to our DNA. And just one thing to pick out of what Steve has said is that word discipleship, apprenticeship, following the person of Jesus. And one of the things that we've been doing over the last few months of these Bible triplets. Everyone who's in a Bible triplet, stick a hand in the air. Come on, that's like, that's 60% of the church at least. Hands up if it's changed your life that little bit more. Come on. Be on well, don't be honest. I mean, we need the numbers on this one. <laughs> but it's super good. And I hope what you hear from what we're saying this evening is... <laughs> I hope what what you're hearing as we talk this evening and as we share is the invitation. We can't do this by ourselves. We've got to do it together. It's the the community. It's the ecclesia, all that kind of funny language. There's a talk in that in itself. I just wanted to read one scripture just to close out. And we're going to pray to finish off because there's no better way to do it. And uh, well, the way we'll do that is we'll gather in clusters just around the place, find someone you're next to, two, three, four people, and we're going to pray for this house. We're going to pray for the church. We're going to pray for the leaders. And we're going to pray that God's kingdom will come and his will be done in this city. And we're also going to pray uh, something else, which is out of Ephesians 5. I'm just going to read this to you. And Paul says to the church in Ephesus, Therefore, don't be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't get drunk with wine, because that's very silly. But be filled with the Spirit of God. Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. Giving thanks always for for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we're going to pray for each other that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if I had a balloon, I would blow the balloon up just that little bit. You can imagine it with me. You see, it's getting bigger. And there will come that slightly awkward moment where you go, that thing's going to pop in a minute. What am I trying to make out of this analogy? We're supposed to be filled until we burst, filled to overflow. So that's our prayer this evening as we, as we finish up part one of X, <laughs> of where we're going as a church. Is that okay? Brilliant. Father God, thank you for this house. Thank you for all that you're doing and all that you've yet to do, all the seeds that have been planted into this church, God, we ask that you would water them and that they would grow. All the seeds that are planted into my friends' hearts in this room, God, we water them now in the name of Jesus and that they would grow and bear fruit. Lords, for the times of pruning, which will come, Lord Jesus, we cling to you. We cling to you. Open house clings to you. Say it with me. Open house clings to you, Lord Jesus, because you are the rock. You are the firm foundation. You are the one that not only do we want to follow, there's no other option. It's only you. We honor the kings and queens of the earth, but ultimately they will fall. 
we follow King Jesus. Amen. Friends, can we just gather five minutes? I know we've gone over. Thanks so much for bearing with us. Just gather with your people. Be brave. You are open house. I'm slightly going into what I was going to say now, but you are open house. So get in twos and threes if you can. Find someone and just pray. Grab Ephesians 5 out if you want to and pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled to bursting. Pray for the house. Pray for the leaders. I might just play some guitar. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of the Open House Podcast. Do go ahead and like, follow, subscribe and share around and get in touch with us if you want at openhousecc.co.uk or openhouse.cc on Instagram. I pray the Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace this week. See you again.